head to Court Branch or Clearance Center for up to 70% off new retail prices. Stock is updated regularly, so you never know what kind of treasures you'll find. We offer a wide variety of stylish furniture for any budget, and every piece is Court certified, so you can let your personality show in every room. And now through April 3rd is our tax refund sale. Mention refund 25 and take 25% off living room and dining room sets. Use your refund and refresh your home with stylish finds from Court Furniture Clearance Center. Go to CourtClearanceFurniture.com today. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castawaypodcasts. Welcome to Fair Game. I'm Emily Glenn. And I'm Elaine Buckley. On this episode, we're kicking off the first of our Fair Game Meets features. When we originally started this podcast, we had little more than a short list of our Irish sporting heroines that no matter what, we knew we wanted to interview. And this past weekend, we managed to track the first of them down. She's Ireland's most capped woman with a record 213 appearances for the Irish women's hockey team and counting. A defensive stalwart for both club and country who leads by example both on the pitch and off it. On a break from the Green Army's intensive training camp in UCD last weekend, we caught up with Ireland's Shirley McKay to talk about everything from sporting heartbreaks to snoring teammates. So Shirley, how did you get into sport as a young girl? Was it always hockey for you? No, not really, no. I didn't really start playing hockey properly till I was about 12 or 13, so a bit of a late bloomer, I suppose, in that respect. Played a lot of football when I was when I was really young, and I've a Liverpool fan for my sins. But um, yeah, so whenever I went to secondary school, that was really, really whenever my my hockey ambitions took off. So mm-hmm. was it by choice, or was it uh, was it compulsory in your school, or? Uh, yeah, so I went to an academy, which is quite a big hockey school. Um, the teacher there at the time was seriously focused on hockey, and she didn't really want to study anything else if, um, apart from hockey. So. I guess it wasn't really a choice, but whenever I started to play, like I just loved all sports. So um, she sort of drove us in that direction, um, and we had like there was we had quite a good team um, as we came through through school. So it meant that traveling to uh, to Belfast for training, there was three or four of us who were always going for Ulster or Irish training, as opposed to like I played a bit of badminton as well, but it was always just me. So it was always just my mum having to do the driving. So uh, it just meant that it was nice to be able to, to car share and it was sort of uh, that way, so yeah. And when did it become something more serious for you? Um, well, I suppose whenever I was, whenever I was at school, like, and I was just quite carefree and just, just wanted to play and, and didn't really matter what, what sport it was or, or anything like that. So I suppose whenever I, I got onto my first Ulster team, um, it started to get a little bit more serious, but I didn't think back then I really understood or, or really, like appreciated the the seriousness of it then. So, I suppose going through school it was just a, a hobby, and I really enjoyed it. And then as I sort of uh, got into college and and I got into the Irish setup, 
it really sort of dawned on me what was what was happening. So. so you made your international debut at age 18, is that right? Yeah. So did you bypass kind of the, the traditional kind of playing in the underage squads and just go straight into the senior squad or...? Uh, no, so I, well, I played the under-16s and under-18s and at that stage we didn't have an under-21 uh, set-up so there was only, there was, you just went straight from 18s into the senior panel. Um, I kind of got quite lucky because in the year that I turned 18 uh, we got a new coach for the Irish senior team um, and he, he held an open trial so it was basically anyone who thought they were good enough from anywhere in any club could just come along to this trial. Wow. Yeah, so it was it was quite new and like ever and I remember like I was just a little eighteen year old from Oma, like I just didn't know what I was I never travelled to Dublin on my own and I remember going down and it was terrible weather and uh, I stayed in a little B and B just outside U C D and it was just the most nerve wracking thing I'd ever ever done. And I remember thinking, God I, like I'm terrible, like there's no way I should be here um, because it was literally all ages as well. So there was no one else really really of my age. And I only went because my club coach nominated me. So I didn't even, it wasn't as if I was like, yeah, I'm good enough. So it was really weird. But um, I got really lucky and, and got picked for my, my first tournament in, in January 2007 in South Africa. And, and sorry, that was that was the start of it. So, and so that was your international debut yeah, in yeah. South Africa. Not, yeah. a, not a bad one to get to go no, on tour. No, not bad. Straight no, off the uh, bat. It was amazing. So. so tell us about that first time you put on the green jersey, your first international appearance. Do you remember the day? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I we played we played a, a series. Um, it was sort of an, an invitational tournament. Um, Canada, GB, Holland, us, and South Africa. And I didn't play in the first match against South Africa. I played the second game of the, the tournament against Canada, and um, I came on as a sub. And the first time I touched the ball I hit my foot <laughs> and I gave away a free and I remember it so clearly and like that's literally the only thing I remember from the whole match because the captain of the team was passing me the ball and I remember thinking there was a brilliant pass on down the line and I was like oh if I can pull this off like this is just gonna be the best moment ever and I went to I went to, to touch it down the line first time and I totally missed and I hit my foot and I was like oh this is terrible but uh, I, that was all I remember from the match. <laughs> oh, and it was really hot. Really, really hot. That was it. And was there any of your teammates now, did they go through that same open trial process? Uh, no, no, no. So Emma Smith, who retired there last year, she was there, I remember. Uh, her being brilliant. I remember being like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. <laughs> um, but there was no one else, no. And it's sort of, it's never really happened since. It was a kind of a bit of a unique thing. For, and I think it was just that new coach who came in just decided he came in from South Africa so he didn't really know of the players so he just gave everyone an opportunity so yeah mm-hmm. pretty lucky and f- fast forwarding many years later the, the day last July when you became a record breaker with the yeah. hitting the 209th cap in the final of the European Championships compared to that that first debut did you ever think you'd get to that point how, how did that match day feel? Uh, yeah it was a little bit of a different experience so I think uh the emotions and the the anxiety, I suppose, the nerves that 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 are there in your in your oh, first few few matches um, sort of cease after a while, and you kind of just uh, not that it becomes going through the motions, but it's a lot more uh, ritual based, and you sort of just you have your little routine, and it's a bit calmer and less frantic, and mm-hmm. yeah, so a few more years in the in the in the legs as well means uh, <laughs> it's a bit different, but um, yeah, it was amazing, amazing day, and. 
and uh, something I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. You've, you've had some really great times representing your country over the last nine years, so what have been your ultimate highlights in your story so far? Um, I think any time anytime you beat a team that's ranked above you uh, is always a special a special achievement. Um, a because you don't really you don't often get to experience those types of games, so it, it's rare that you get to play teams ranked above you, and it shows sort of that you're 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 getting places if you manage to to win and win consistently. You know, so not just a, a one off. So I think those moments have been been really special because we've pulled off something that, that not many expect. It's always nice. Um, obviously milestones, you know, my, my captain in Ireland and my 100th cap and that was that was amazing and uh, obviously my 200th as well. And I suppose in, in hindsight really the lows are also the highs because you learn so much from them. Um, they're massive, massive learning curves. So, yeah, special moments. Mm, there have been... Um some some kind of some big heartbreaks. Let's be honest for 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 the Irish hockey squad in in terms of um most recently in terms of Olympic qualification. How do you uh, just from being a spectator like from Valencia and last year watching that tournament? How incredibly well you performed, the disappointment at the end, but then how the squad have picked themselves back up and go out to Hawks Bay in March in New Zealand and just completely just kick ass again. How how do you? as a squad and as yourself pick yourself up from the disappointments to, to, to carry on yeah it's a difficult one and, and I think everybody's everybody's so different so it's really in a team environment it's so different from an individual sport because everyone has their own way of dealing with things and, and some people will you know will totally break down and need months off and some people will say listen give me a stick let me let me back and play so it was difficult, you know, and it was. We knew it was never going to be easy. And the the fallout after, after a, an Olympic cycle, when you when you feel or you don't reach what you want to, um, is never an easy time. And it's usually a time that's uh, devoid of of um, there's no real preparation or because it's just not what you expected to happen. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think that some of the girls have have. Um, taking a break and come back and the girls have just kept at it you know and focused on other things focused on your career and it's obviously important that that uh, you do take some time to reflect and and things like that so like we've done brilliantly and 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 I think the girls showed that in, in Hawks Bay with like their fantastic attitude and there's obviously still some things that are they're uh that they're there but I mean we, we the girls went to shoot out twice and and obviously uh banished some of those demons by by winning both those shootouts, so that was fantastic. So yeah, it's just been um, again another learning curve. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the the lows, the lows were highs, and again, say watching the the World League in Valencia last year, like the USA match was as a fan of hockey, it was just one of the best yeah. matches I've ever seen yeah. of any sport, and like. The defensive performance. I don't know how the ball was kept out of the net. Like, have you watched it back? Um, no, I haven't. Well, I've watched a bit of the highlights and I've seen a few photos. But yeah, like, it was just a magical day. Even now, like, it just brings a smile. But um, it was just one of those. It just seemed to be meant to be because, as you said, like, I'm not sure how the ball stayed out. It was a. We had a magnet uh, to the other side of the field. I think, but uh, yeah, no, those those moments are, are special. Yeah. They just they had an incredible amount of short corners. Yeah. The ball just wouldn't go in. Yeah, hooked uh, off the top <laughs> no, corner yeah. and everything. It was it was yeah. incredible to watch. So listen, let's talk about your club career a bit. You spent some time playing for the Dragons in Belgium. How did playing abroad compare with your club experiences here in Ireland? 
Yeah, I think every every club you play for is always going to be different. Um, I went to Belgium in 2010 um, with Alex Spears, who's on the Irish team at the time as well. Um, and we'd sort of come out of our university um, careers, like we'd finished our degrees and it seemed to be a good time to go and, and the opportunity came up. So um, it was really, really great season. I really enjoyed it. We recommend it highly to anyone, you know. Um, they were really good to us and and um, we managed to uh, to le- learn some new experiences, get some new coaching and, and obviously make a little bit of money as well. So yeah, it was fantastic. I think it's different. It's always different um, because I think there's a lot more money in, 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 other, in other countries in Europe in hockey um, and they obviously can a bit more affluent and can afford to, to offer um, players to come and play whereas it's a little bit different here there's there's maybe not that, that aspect as much but um, yeah it was nice they made us feel really welcome and, and we really enjoyed the season so. and your your current club Ulster Elks are on a bit of a, a bit of a roll at the moment back to back Irish Senior yeah, Cup winners and yeah. recently crowned European Champions <laughs> Challenge victors there's obviously something working well in that particular setup. Yeah, listen, they, 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 there's a good little, little setup there and, and a good good bunch of players that have sort of managed to stay together um, for a couple of years now. We, um, the sort of the one of the, the issues, so to speak, with university hockey is that players do come and go, and, and um, the Elks have a scholarship program that has meant that you know players will come in, but often they'll stay the season and then and then they go again, which. Uh, doesn't always fit in in respect of trying to build towards something you know a long term plan, but um, no, we've managed to do really well the last couple of seasons, and again we've had our ups and downs, and and uh, and uh, had some really good moments and really not so good moments, but uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic season all around. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the the last season was the first one where the top clubs in the country played in in the full IHL. Um, there was a lot of controversy surrounding its introduction be- be- before it came to fruition. But now that the first year is kind of done and done and dusted, on reflection, do you think it? Do you think it's worked? Do you think it's it's a good future for it? Yeah, I think absolutely it worked. I mean, I've said a few times during the season that I actually wonder what all the fuss was about in the first place. You know, it seems to have just um, knitted in quite nicely. Having said that, maybe I'm a little bit naive in in that. For me, it seems to have gone well. Maybe there there are other issues underlying, or for other clubs, you know. Because again, a university club we're quite blessed in that um, um, we don't have to do a huge amount of fundraising. Um, the 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 university have been really supportive of 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 the club and 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 funded a good bit for us in terms of going to those fixtures or providing a bus or staying overnight, you know. So. Um, I know for other clubs maybe that isn't isn't as easy, you know. So, but um, it's been a great season and and there've been some really competitive games, uh, consistently as opposed to maybe three or four in a season and then and then a few games where you play where it's it's maybe not so competitive and and it's not good for either team, you know. It's not good for a team who are losing heavily. They're not gaining anything from it, and neither is the team who's who's winning winning heavily so yeah mm-hmm. I think it's been a good thing and has it has it filtered back into the international setup like it does that competitiveness of now all playing against each other yeah I think so I mean if you if you look at the you know the, the teams that that the girls in the international setup are playing in like the majority now of them of them are our IHL clubs you know so I think it's it's uh, it's only good for us that we're playing consistently competitive games in our, in, in the league yeah so talking about the Ireland setup, talk us through a typical training week for the Green Army. 
Um, so we would normally um, come in at weekends and train together as a, as a team um, during off, off club season that will happen on a Sunday but when the club season finishes we train Saturday and Sunday and sometimes Friday night as well so that's sort of centralised everyone comes together and then um, people head back to wherever they live and we have um, two regional sessions a week uh, on pitch um, two gym sessions a week and then um, any running you have to do on top of that so yeah it's usually pretty full on but um, it's good and add that to that uh, your uh, your career as well it's, it's mm-hmm. all fun and games and speaking of your career you're, you work full time in hockey as well you never get a break from your yeah. hockey do you yeah. in coaching and development with the, the Ulster Hockey Association yeah. um, tell us a bit about, about your work there and what, what you do with them yeah so um, my job title is, is talent coach so uh, it basically allows me to work with the underage programmes and, and the more talented players in our setup. Um, so it would sort of it ranges. Um, I'm in the post now three years, and, and whenever I come in, we sort of look to set up some some searches and some programs at, at younger than our under fifteen is our, our was our main starting age. Um, so it ranges from I do a little primary school program for P six and P sevens, um, right up until under twenty one. So I do as you get older, um, the numbers you work with get smaller so it just uh, means you can work on a more one-to-one basis with the older players but with the young younger players it's just about about getting them learning and experiencing and in a relatively competitive environment so yeah it's really good fun and and I work I really enjoy the fact that I work with talented players who actually want to be there as, as opposed to sometimes in a in a more participation role where you actually just, you know, you, you can get kids who are there to be babysat. So, okay. yeah, it's nice. <laughs> it sounds like there's a pretty constant stream of fresh talent coming up through the clubs um, into the international ranks at the minute. So there must be, like, serious competition for, for places. Yeah, there is, yeah. I mean, it's a healthy competition, you know, and, and we're always we're always looking to, to add and, and to, to the squad and and um, really push each other on. And I think it's it's a it's a really good thing that... You know, no, no one is really safe in their place, and and uh, we're always um, really pushing each other to, to get better. You know, so it's competitive, but it's healthy at the same time. Who do you absolutely hate being seeing that you have to mark in training? <laughs> who's your Who's your nightmare? Um, oh, there's a couple. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> they know themselves, but uh, it's always a compliment. To be honest, if you're if you're that person that you don't want to go near, then that's a good thing because you're, they're obviously doing something yeah. that you don't want to be close to. So uh, yeah, there's a few of them, but uh, yeah, they know who they are. <laughs> they know who they are, but you're not telling us. No. <laughs> And um, you're you yourself, sure, you're just coming out from an, a nasty injury, breaking your hand. What was it? A couple of days into the Hawks Bay tournament. Yeah, so it was uh, seven days in. So yeah, in, in a practice game. So. Oh God! And it's we we saw the X-rays on your Twitter. I've never really seen a hand bend that way. Actually, if <laughs> if, if I'm honest, um, have you throughout your career? Have you been relatively injury-free, or have you had any yeah any I other mean, shockers to tell us? No, about? like touch wood. Like I've. In terms of impact injuries, I, I think I've counted. I've had twenty four stitches to my face Jesus. in different times, so I've had a few, a few nasty knocks. But I mean, I mean, it's sort of it's funny because I've been fairly robust right through my career. I think I've maybe been to see the physio three times. So yeah, I've been I've been really lucky that in terms of like muscle injuries or or uh, sprains or ligaments or anything, that's never been really been an issue. Um, it's more just the the knocks, the uh, mm-hmm. the impact injuries that that sometimes get me in trouble. But uh, 
yeah no I'm pretty lucky that way and did you uh, kind of obviously it happened seven days into the New Zealand mm-hmm. trip was it hard to watch it from the sidelines or do you yeah. just switch into support role mode yeah and... I mean it, it was difficult but um it was kind of one of those things where I knew you just had to support the girls and and there was plenty for me to do and and to be helping out in terms of of off the pitch things so um they really needed my support and and I was happy to be there to give it so it was I had no there was no chance for me to mope or be feel sorry for myself and and that was a good thing because it wasn't what the team needed and it wasn't good for me either so yeah so listen there's a world cup focus there's a world cup on the horizon Mm -hmm. in in 2018 even um is qualification for that tournament in London the the main long-term focus for the squad at the moment yeah, I think so. I mean, we, we have a couple of tournaments in the lead-up to that that we'll sort of use as building blocks. Um, we have a World League 3 tournament in Malaysia in January, and next year we're back in the A division of the Europeans. And I think that's going to be, those two tournaments will be, be really fantastic to do well in, and we're really hoping to, to, to make an impact in the European tournament, and we really want to finish in the top three in that, and we really think that we can. So um, obviously that will be next summer. Um, and that'll be sort of another a building step towards qualification for the World Cup, uh, which would be which would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so, who do you know who the competition is going to be in that European? Like the draws haven't been made this far. Um, happened, it usually goes sort of on seeding, but I'm not too sure. So there'll be mm-hmm. two pools of four, but it'll just be your, the usual uh, hotheads of of European hockey. So yeah, it's fantastic. But I mean, the way the certain format works. Is that you play? You know, you play the people in your pool, and you either go into a top four or a relegation pool. So it usually comes down to one game, and if you can pull off a good result, then you'll go into the top four. Yeah. So okay. yeah. And you've you've obviously two hundred nine caps. You've played against some of the top teams in the world. So who have who has been the most intimidating team you've played against? Or I guess you can name them if they're internationally the most intimidating person to mark. Um. I think I think whenever you know, whenever I was in in my the younger stages of my career, like you know any of the top nations, and like I remember Natasha Keller playing for Germany, and it was just like she was just incredible, you know, and didn't seem to run very much, but made so many things happen. And I remember thinking, God, I hope I'm like that someday. <laughs> but it's yet to happen. But uh, yeah, one can one can dream. But um, yeah, I think just more experienced players like that, you know, he'll he'll just set things alight from from very little. Are always uh, are always pretty intimidating to mark. Yeah, so mm-hmm. a few of the Dutch, I suppose, and and any time you play Argentina, obviously, um, we've played them a couple of times in Argentina, and I think playing them in front of a home crowd is is always a, a special feeling as well. I mean, Argentina in front of a home crowd must be amazing. Um, it to be in Argentina. <laughs> um, the Green Army have travelled to some pretty incredible destinations over the years. Where have been your favourite tour destinations and why? Um, obviously, Hawke's Bay most recently yeah, was, was a beautiful place and, and uh, the girls did really well, which was also fantastic. So that was obviously quite special. I think any time we, we tour somewhere quite far as a group for a, for a longer period of time is always, is always really, really unique because spending that much time in, in, in that type of environment as a team you always learn so much and you just become so much more tight knit regardless of the results um, so yeah places like that you know we, we travelled to the States last year uh, did, did the States in Canada which which was fantastic as well and um, obviously in my younger younger career travelling to South Africa just those those little magic moments and the couple of times in South Africa we managed to stay on for a few days as well so that was uh that was always nice to, to get a wee bit of holiday out of the end of it. 
And do you find that you come home like is it it's almost like incidental team bonding when you're just put into that environment, right? You're living all living together for three weeks. Yeah. Cooking for yourself, like it's Yeah, it's such a unique environment and, and I mean it's it's rarely replicated in any other walks of life where you'll have you know, you could have bunk beds and you you have a twenty seven year old woman choosing which bunk she's gonna sleep <laughs> in for for three weeks. So and you know, doing shopping for thirty people and wondering how many bananas you should get for three weeks. It's just it's a totally unique environment and, and it's something that you'll never experience unless you are in that type of type of environment. So it's a special it's a special thing and you learn so much. I mean I think the not only the on field but the off field qualities you learn from from being in in, in that type of setting for so long with the same people. You just have to become a, a you, you have to become a better person yeah. for it. If you don't, you'll be you'll be gone. Yeah. You, you wouldn't survive. So yeah, it's interesting. And would you kind of do you get to pick your own roommates or is it all strategic? Right, all the all the mates are going to room. Yeah, no, the... most of the time you do. Yeah, you're, I mean, we would probably go crazy if we if we were with with, with people that we we maybe wouldn't choose normally. You know, so I think uh, some trips. We'll be put together with people that the coach chooses, or that we, you know, just at random, and that's a good thing as well because you do get to know each other a lot better. But um, yeah, for the longer periods or for important tournaments, I mean, you sometimes you'll have you put the snorers together, or you, <laughs> you, you, put, you put the smelly goalkeepers together. It just has to happen that way. There's no, you know, or you love someone who's quite a light sleeper. You definitely not with a snorer, or, you know, just something simple like that, and it it works. It just has to work for the tournament. Yeah. That's absolutely fascinating. Like, that's really, it could have a big impact on a tournament. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Like, I mean, there's no point in putting yourself in with someone random who, who snores and you, you can't get a wink sleep, so you may as well snore together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, taking it, taking it kind of up to a, an, an overview, right? Hockey is widely perceived to be one of the most gender-neutral sports in the world. Mm. Does that kind of fit with your experiences of hockey? Um, do you think that that is a fair statement, a fair sentiment? Uh, yeah, I would, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's testimony to the sport that I've never really had felt that there's been any issue. So I can't even think back to, to a time when, when we would have felt discriminated against or vice versa uh, in hockey. So I think that's... Uh, fantastic testament to the sport and, and the people that are involved in it and especially in Ireland I think you know that with the men doing so well and qualifying for Rio that there's never been an issue there or you know it's not it's uh, it's not that one team will get supported more than than the other so I think it's uh, yeah it's special because it's uh, it's not often that happens and there's not many sports that are that are like that so yeah mm. and even in traveling to to tournaments um like often they're or even the major tournaments like often they're they're played completely in tandem like mm. and they're it's just it's hockey yeah. and one day's men's one day's women's yeah exactly yeah and there's never really a, a time when when you know the the men will get the prime slot or or you know or vice versa um which is which is which is fantastic and i think that the world cup in, in 2018 in london is a 16 team um tournament men and women so it's going to be just unbelievable it's going to be a fantastic tournament and and it will bring both the men's and women's tournaments together and, and hopefully uh, work really well. Hopefully we'll be there. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and then what about kind of bigger picture beyond hockey, Shirley? How do you feel about the current status of of female athletes in the grand scheme of, of sport? How do you think, how do you think things are going? Like, do you think things are improving? Uh, yeah, I mean, things that there obviously aren't, aren't perfect and, and there's a lot, a lot of work still to be done, but I think there's the, the right um, people in place and the right, 
we're going in the right direction. Um, I think I suppose in terms of you know equal pay and things, and and even the U.S. women's soccer team are have been advocating for that and have got it now, which is which is great. But um, I think it's important to recognise there's still a lot lot to be done, but it's definitely going in the right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And big summer sport ahead, Euros, Olympics. What are you going to be, what are you most looking forward to this summer? Who, you, who are you going to be cheering on? I think I'll be switching off in, in, uh, when Rio comes in August, let's, let's be honest. But no, I, I, listen, it's going to be a fantastic summer. And the Northern Ireland uh, team are going and the Republic of Ireland team are going as well. So I think the whole of Ireland has just been on a real buzz, and, uh, which, is, which is great to see. So hopefully they'll cause a few upsets in the next couple of weeks and, and do really well. Um, and obviously Rio as well is going to be fantastic. I, I, uh, I won't be switching off. I will, I, will, <laughs> I will watch some. I will watch some. I'll watch them then. I'll, I'll watch them then and I'll be watching China. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be fantastic and, and it's, a, it's going to be a brilliant summer. Yeah. yeah. Well, Shirley, thanks a million for taking time out from training camp to, to come Pleasure. in and have a chat with thanks us. Thanks for having me. Thanks a mil. <laughs> Big thanks to Shirley McKay for taking the time out of her training schedule to join us for a chat. You can follow her on Twitter at Shirley McKay. It's a busy summer ahead for Irish women's hockey and there's plenty of opportunity to see Shirley and the squad in action on home soil. The Spanish national team are coming to Belfast for a four-match test series later this month with two games in Stormont on Monday the 6th and Tuesday the 7th of June followed by two at UUJ on Thursday the 9th and Friday the 10th of June. Then, from Saturday 30th of July to Friday 5th of August, Hockey Ireland are hosting the Women's Four Nations Tournament in the Merion Fleet Arena in Dublin, with visiting nations Chile, Scotland and Belgium. So with lots of offer there, there's no excuses not to get out and support the Green Army. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at FairGameCast, for constant updates on fixtures across all sports. Summer is the best time for spectating, after all. Likewise, if you're making use of these lovely summery evenings by going out for a walk or a run in the sun, visit our archive if you need a soundtrack. All of our episodes to date are available on castaway.media forward slash fairgame. That's it for this episode and we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.5%, APR 4.78%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. 30.